now playing Movie Reviews in 20 Qs. Once upon a time, there was a group of people that came together and asked 20 questions about a movie. That movie was us. One of those people was Sam Hurley. One of them was Stacy Hurley. How are you, Stacy Hurley? I'm a shitload better than you are, by the sound of it. Are you okay? I've had a child that I gave birth to that wouldn't stop laughing. What? Do you is not that? remember the Don't movie? Drink yourself there, mate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're about to have a child. Oh, shit. And the other person joining me is uh, a man, sort of. Named Macho Toro. How are you, Macho? I've actually got the same voice as you at the moment. <laughs> I'm a little bit under the weather, and uh, my raspy voice is uh, just what my voice is at the moment, so bear with me, team. Thank you, everyone, for joining us this week. As we review us, what we do on this podcast is ask 20 weird and wonderful questions about a movie. And Stacey's eyes Stop are receding into her hair. We've had enough. That's the loudest you've actually talked on in the podcast <laughs> days. I actually have to live you down. See, hello, good people. What we do is we review a movie by asking 20 weird and wonderful questions about it. This week it is the movie Us. We all went and saw it together on Thursday night in the brand new cinema here in our home city of Tauranga. Uh, yeah, so we'll just get straight into it. Looking at the reviews for this movie, IMDb have this at 7.4 out of 10, Rotten Tomatoes at 94%, Metacritic at 81%, but much you has a score out of 10,000 pairs of scissors, what would you give this movie? <laughs> yeah, I th- well, I actually like the film. I like the, the first two thirds of the film I liked, so I'll give it about a 6,666 scissors <laughs> out of 10,000 scissors, but the, the third act it was pretty bad, so I'm going to knock it down to um, 6,000 Scissors out of 10,000 scissors. Interesting. What about you, Stacey Hurley? What would you give this movie out of 10,000 scissors? <laughs> so I'm going to go with 7,887. Wow, that's mm. whoa, that's a lot of scissors. <laughs> it is. Oh, well, I just, I mean, look, 94. That's just way too over the top, isn't it? Uh, but I thought that 7.4 was a little bit mean. So kind of really, You really liked this movie. I did like qualities about this movie. <laughs> Interesting. I'm going to give this like 6,412. I feel like maybe this is a movie we need to watch again to fully understand it. I think there's a lot of whoosh going on here. Yeah, man. Because we know that Jordan Peele is a smart guy and he bakes all this interesting layers and symbolism and themes into the movie. And maybe we just didn't get some of it. Well, I know much you didn't look yeah. at his face. <laughs> I just don't think it worked. I just don't get the whole premise of the tether. You know, like what, what happens when someone gets on a plane? You, you, no one in the subway, they don't get in a plane. What happens then? They just get <laughs> when they go to the, When they go to the toilet, you know, where, do they, where are they going in the subway? Exactly. <laughs> it's a bit weird. We'll get there into it a little bit more. There are a lot of unanswered questions, aren't there? There is. And we're it sort of spoiling the movie. Sense. So, oh, like if, if no one's heard this podcast before, legitimately, we, we give as many spoilers as you can possibly imagine. Spoiler alert and fucking full faction here you're pretty much just tuning in to listen to us talk shit about a movie really eh so I mean before we get into the questions Stacey why don't you hit us with what is the plot of this film haunted by an unexplicable oh no 
unexplainable even, and unresolved trauma from her past, and compounded by a string of eerie coincidences, Adelaide feels her paranoia elevate to a high alert as she grows increasingly certain that something bad is going to befall her family. Holy shit, man, you've picked the longest one. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) After spending a tense beach day with their friends, the Tylers, Adelaide and her family return to their vacation home. When darkness falls, the Wilsons discover the silhouette of four figures holding hands as they stand in their driveway. Us pits an endearing American family against a terrifying and uncanny opponent, doppelgangers of themselves. Yep. (laughs) Pretty much the long-winded way of saying a family goes on holiday and then they look out in the driveway and there's replicants of themselves. Shit goes sideways after that, eh? That's pretty much it. Mm. Starring Lupita Nyong'o and Winston Duke as the patriarchs of the family with uh, Elizabeth Moss and Tim Heidecker playing their friends that are also on holiday with them at the same time. Convenient. And they've also got a son and daughter played by Evan Alex and Shahidi Wright Joseph. First question we always do on this podcast is the compliment sandwich where we say one thing good, one thing bad and one thing good about this film. Machu, why don't you lead us off with your good, bad and good? The good thing I had about this film film was um the cast uh, the main family i like i liked all of them i thought that was a um a strong cast and they they performed well especially the the lead uh lupita nyongo is that how do we say um I probably butchered the pronunciation there, but uh, the one thing bad is there's a lot of things bad. I, I'm just going to go with the third act. The third act, I just, I, it just lost me completely. But I mean, the whole premise, the, yeah, that, there's just so many things in that third act that I was like, really? Is that the twist? Yeah. You know, really? Hands across America? Oh, there's, it's just a, just a bit of a letdown. And I thought, I thought like um, the, the reveal when they went underground could have been, just could have been a bit better. One thing good. Uh, the humour appeals the way he just slips in a bit of humour it's really it's real understated and, and I quite like it I felt like I was the only one laughing my head off in the, the theatre yeah you were right <laughs> <laughs> but I, I enjoy that kind of really understated humour so that's that's what I liked about it what about you, Says? Well, I liked the unusual concept. So, yes, there were obviously massive holes in it, but I've never thought about this before, ever. Like, has anyone? No. No. <laughs> no. no. <laughs> I'm going to clone people and I'm going to tether them magically. Yeah. yeah. And they're all going to live in the in yeah. subways. So, they're going to share so, a soul. But... Yeah, two bodies, one soul, one living above ground, one living in the subway. Yeah. You know, I just love it when a movie makes you go, oh, okay, that's different. The bad thing is, for me, it was more the first act, like the setup and the storyline of the holiday, the family, you know, once Adelaide's grown up and she's taking her family back to Santa Cruz in the holiday home. It seems like a holiday home that they've been to multiple times before like it seemed like they'd been there last year or remember coming here it was like a frequent annual holiday yet that year for some reason she was freaked out about going to Santa Cruz Beach I just don't buy that wouldn't they have gone to that beach all the time and hung out there year after year with the kids anyway so yeah the setup of that I didn't quite get yeah it was funny it was like well she said in the movie she felt like this dark presence has been following after her and then and she'd never mentioned this to her husband she'd never had this feeling at previous times she'd been there. Yeah. And my final good thing is I just love the look of Jordan Peele's movies. Every shot is crisp, clean, intentional, and it's showing you something. Like there's yeah, no beautiful. messiness about it. It's beautiful to watch and it's very clean and I love that. That's a good point, Stacey. I agree with you much. My good thing, first of all, was Lupita Nyong'o's performance. She was 
fucking outstanding. Even these kids, like, where do they find these kids? And they're great. You know what I mean? Like, they're giving standout, like, awesome performances. Winston Duke as well. I mean, I only know him as Mbaku from Black Panther. And then suddenly he reminds me of every friend's dad that you never wanted to hang out with. <laughs> you know, like, all the dad jokes. Yeah. Just a this real... big, dude. lazy man that's buying just rubbish gear, eh? This was dirty old stinking boat. Yeah, yeah. Half ideas, eh? <laughs> Pretty much the Homer Simpson, or what do they call them? Homosexual of the... <laughs> he makes you hang out with his mates that are just shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> as, as useless as him. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bad thing, I didn't like the humor i found it sort of set an uneven tone for the film i just found it all over the place you know like they're going on about who should drive because i've got the highest kill count what the fuck is that <laughs> you've just been attacked by doppelgangers that look exactly like you you've just fucked up people that look like your fucking best friends why the fuck would you be talking about a kill count in someone's driveway it's like i don't know i don't know maybe jordan peele's trying to make a statement of that about how desensitized to violence american families have become with you know video games or something like that they're just like who gives a shit but maybe that was it the bit i did like is it subverted genres like Winston Duke is this behemoth of a man and for most of the movie he is fucking useless he's humongous he's, yeah, he's, a, he's human. a big man he's just big a big dude. human oh you gonna take care of it babe I've got a sore knee what is going on here he kind of reminded me of Sam yeah he's sending some like five foot nothing bloody like woman to go fucking take care of some fucking people and it's, it's ridiculous do you reckon it's funny how uh, Americans just think if you put glasses on anyone it takes all their powers away so if you're a hot a hot woman and you put glasses on him no longer hot yeah no longer attractive <laughs> if you're superman put yeah. some glasses on him no longer superman yeah 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 fucking yeah. loser loser journalist you're this and bulked it, out dude and then suddenly you put glasses on and you're like the most he's, he's the leader of his um the strongest clan and um in the black panther colonies yeah and um put some glasses on him he's just loser dad yeah he's cracking dad jokes all over the place completely agree <laughs> And yeah, that's it. That's it for me. So, moves on to question two, which is a Patreon question that comes courtesy of Phil Joynson. That's right. For the princely sum of five bucks a month, you get to have your question in the first ten questions. And this one is awesome. Thank you so much, Phil. What is it, Machu? Uh, what item from this film would you want or definitely not want to be? Well, that's easy. It's Ophelia, the Google Alexa kind oh, of. You want to be thing. her, or you don't? Yeah, want to yeah, because it's a, like an inanimate object that's actually a character in the movie and has really comical timing. Yeah, fuck the police. Yeah. <laughs> Ring the police. Fuck the police. Ah. I like how they just give up as well. They try to ring the ring the police. Ring the police. And, ah, who cares? We'll just listen to this for a yeah. bit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I don't want to be uh, Lupita Nyong'o, aka Adelaide's top. She gets fucked up at the end of a whole bunch of scissor attacks. Man, I'd be covered in blood and sweat and shit. I oh, fuck that noise. I wouldn't want to be um, any any of the rabbits in this film, eh? Because they're in for a yeah. <laughs> you're either in a cage, you're getting eaten raw. Fuck that. Living in a subway your whole life. I don't think any of them got out. Nah, yeah. fuck no. I don't think they can go up and escalate <laughs> backwards. Or you don't think that there were rabbit tethers up on up on Earth as well? Rabbit tethers. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you don't think the rabbits were tethered? to live rabbits. Those ones at the Playboy Bunny would be yeah. <laughs> tethered to the Playboy house and be fucked yeah. up. <laughs> We're having sex like rabbits upstairs and downstairs. Awesome. Question number three, Stacey. Okay, what deep philosophical debate arose in you during this film? So we've got the new event cinema. This isn't a plug, by the way. We don't get paid from them. They've but got if these... you're going to choose a cinema, <laughs> choose event cinema. They've got these recliner chairs and these day beds at the front and, and I'm, I'm way 
way too cheap to shell out to actually pay for them. So my my deep philosophical question was, how long is it going to take me to um to go down and just muss someone off their seat or get get in there and watch it from the rest of the movie? And um and it, and, it, and the answer to that question was ten minutes. I, was <laughs> I went a step further than you, Muchy. When I was looking at all those day beds and stuff, I was like, you'd want to go tonight because this is opening night. You wouldn't want to be going there in a couple of weeks. You know, someone's going to fucking hook up on those fucking day beds. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Someone's going to go sleep. Some sweaty ass neck beard dude's going to roll around all over there. Those those day beds, man. If you pay for one, you get in there and it smells like KFC. You'll be like, what the hell are they're we not doing like, here? They're not like hotel rooms, eh? Where they where they change the sheets, eh? No, no, it's no. just one. It's just one sheet. <laughs> you go down there with a UV light and it'll fucking light up like a Christmas tree. I reckon, age. Eh? Like, you know, the other thing everywhere. I was thinking about in that movie was where do they take a crap in the subway? Like up in the real world, there's plenty of toilets. They've got this reverse escalator that goes back up. <laughs> that is the answer to my question. Well, I, like you guys, my mind wandered off the movie as we were getting partway through and I was thinking, what the hell is going on here? And I was more focused on wondering how much popcorn can Sam actually eat hey. before he it literally explodes while he's sitting beside me. <laughs> what do you reckon? What is the biggest tub of popcorn called? Is that There's a Jumbo, Jumbo. <laughs> Yeah. There is the, the S Hooli size, which is... <laughs> It's not officially on the menu. It's it's a, it's a, well, they, get, they get a black rubbish bag. That's what you carry a hundred liters of rubbish, and they bring it out. So it just digs One it. of my flatmates used to work at a movie theater when I was at university. And he used to bring home rubbish sacks of popcorn they were throwing out, and I would sit there for a week just eating out of them until it turned green, bro. I'm not even joking. So there's your answer. One week, a sack a week. Get it down, my fucking. <laughs> And that moves us on to question number four, which is which two characters from this film would you want with you on a crazy night out? I don't know his name, but it's Adelaide's dad. That'd be my, my first one. Or, I've got him as well, bro. Yeah, He's yeah. one of my favourite characters from the hit show that you probably never heard of, The Get Down, <laughs> where he plays... Uh, yeah. Oh, you know that one? Yeah, yeah, it's on Netflix, of course. Yeah. Uh, the Get Down. And he's, he's Cadillac in that, eh? Cadillac. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. I've never Man. actually watched an episode on But he's, um, <laughs> what a party animal. Never looks after his kid. He's the kind of dad that would leave you in a car with a packet of chips and some red cordial on your birthday <laughs> while he's off playing games that you want to play. Yeah. <laughs> I want to hang out with that guy. Next. And another irresponsible person is Kitty. Ooh. <laughs> She'd be getting on the vodka, vodka o'clock or whatever she says. Yeah, yeah I loved, I had Kitty too. So Kitty's my first one. I just loved how she was cracking into the rosé on the beach. That sounds like a bit of me. And That's definitely a bit of you. Yeah. And also paired up with Gabe. So the dad jokes and the booze hag. Maybe Jackie Bears all day talking about how he's going to do some housework or something. Yeah. That he'll never get to, eh? You guys have actually picked both of mine. I mean, yeah, sure, the dad is awesome. He's just keen to get on the piss which is what you want on a crazy night out. Gabe, man, fuck, my jokes would look fucking hilarious compared to his. <laughs> I would be the man compared to him. Okay, not physically, obviously. The guy's a carved out of goddamn clay. He's fucking a god. Put god. some glasses on him, though, and he's fucking no, true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And question number five comes courtesy of Dave Baker, who also has his own Patreon. On it, he creates and posts a cornucopia of creative content. These range from pro samples to curated YouTube recommendations, because hashtag beat the algorithm, from YouTube video essays to written essays on Medium. He's just getting started, but he plans to do a hell of a lot more. His link is in the show notes, but it's also patreon.com forward slash your favourite. That's favourite without a U for our New Zealand listeners, Australian listeners, UK listeners, basically everyone else that speaks English except for Americans. (laughs) 
and what does he want to know there, Machu? Which character would have um, would have an awesome social media presence, and on what platform? The young Jason. He's got he's clearly got an interest in magic tricks and things like that, and so he'd be a massive hit on YouTube. He'd have his own YouTube channel. He'd do magic tricks and set stuff on fire. I reckon Red would post some fucked up, scary, thriller, <laughs> sci-fi, fantasy, horror. On Tumblr, <laughs> a girl gets given toys that cut her fingers. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that would be pretty awesome. And I had um, Kitty again, uh, my, one of my favourite characters from the film. Kitty's mean tweets about her husband <laughs> when she's on the piss. Hashtag better wife. <laughs> better wife life. <laughs> better wife life. <laughs> It's funny you mentioned that. I also had, like I was thinking the daughter would have like a Twitter account of lame shit my dad says. Yeah, yeah. definitely. So this is also a Patreon question from the lovely Emily Higgins from the Tasteless Podcast. What film would be the best or worst to watch as a double feature with this film? The Tasteless Podcast being a podcast where she compares two movies, one movie that everyone loves, that she's like, man, whatever, you should check out this other one, it's fucking way better. We love her. The movies I want to see, Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Very similar themes, back from the 60s, absolute classic, body swapping. Yeah, it's awesome. Stacey said it before, this movie has a lot of layers, and for me, none of them, none of them <laughs> landed. <laughs> And I think a film that did this just way better, in my personal opinion, was Donnie Darko. So this is a film that everyone loves, and I reckon us, although everyone loves it at the moment, I hate it. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, guys, I'm taking a totally different tangent with this question, and I think a great double feature would be Us and Cheaper by the Dozen 2. What the hell? Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Have you been hanging out with Emily Higgins? I think I just pretty much kind of drifted off after the first act. So I was pretty much stuck on the dad with the boat in the lake, you know, by the or the the sea or wherever they're staying. And then it just reminded me of Cheaper by the Dozen 2 where they are staying at a lake house. And I actually think maybe rather than double header, this should be a mashup. So the two families across the lake kind of compete with each other at different sports. So how funny would it be to see the tethers water skiing and doing jumps and flips in the water, doing stuff with the boat. Sam, when she drifted off, did she also hit her head and then fall down the stairs and get hit by a car? Possibly. (laughs) does make sense that, yeah, I I have seen that film. And I I was looking for a similar family film as well. Yeah, and they play play pranks on each other, like set each other's house on fire or something. I don't know. It would be quite funny. And that moves us on to question number seven, which is which character just clearly needs to get laid? I was just thinking... Poor Red. <laughs> she got she got Mbaku, but not the she got actual Mbaku. Yeah, she got, Mbaku, the grunty one. Yeah, <laughs> not old cool glasses, dad jokes. Mbaku, with some smooth moves. Shame we don't have a question with like, how do you identify one of the characters? Because that moment where she's complaining about how shit everything's gone, and he's just like, hey. <laughs> <laughs> So, what's your answer? Is it Gabe? <laughs> no. Jeremiah 1111 dude. The guy that's holding a signpost that uh, is just wandering around looking <laughs> homeless and scared. Man, that guy, he's got some serious fucking problems, man. I think he needs to get laid. I just, I just do. Yeah, and he was quite cute in the young when he was young. Like, he looked like a cool surfer dude, with you know. I like the motion in his ocean. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I think it's Gabe. I mean, he put the moves out there. It just didn't really land, unfortunately, for him. It was not the right timing. 
and maybe not the right moves. <laughs> <laughs> and his his wife is thinking, I was swapped, you know, um, I lived underground for the first seven years of my life and then I finally got out and now I'm here and she's got this whole other shit going on in her head. Hanging so out with this knob. Is, then she turns around and then there's this dude that takes up the whole bed. <laughs> Like, yes, that was a tiny bed. Is that a single that was, bed? Nah, that was a super king bed, and he just—it <laughs> it was just enormous. Was, both his arms were hanging off the sides. Oh, spoiler size, alert! Size twenty-one feet were. <laughs> I'm going to have to come up with an answer for what's something that you notice about this film that no one else probably noticed. He took up the whole bed, eh? He literally took up everything. I was just like, holy hell, look at the size of this man. Yeah. That bed is going to fall apart the second they get into it, eh? Exactly. I think M'Baku's going to knock M'Bak out. Oh, my goodness. Question number eight. How would you incorporate Nicolas Cage into this film? Oh, he's got to replace Jeremiah 11-11 guy. Oh, that's a good answer. That's the perfect role for him for a couple of reasons. And it would show a reveal later. That was yeah, that was everyone's answer. So yeah. <laughs> no, not for me. I wanted oh. to create a whole new role for Nicolas Cage. I just wanted to see some cage on cage violence. How fucking <laughs> awesome would it see? Cage fucking up Nick Cage. <laughs> Who would be the evil one though? Like both. <laughs> <laughs> There's no good. It's like Hitler There's versus no... Satan. <laughs> I would incorporate him as that guy that comes out of his house when. Oh, the guy that comes out and oh, yells at the chick, uh, yeah, the girl on the car. Yeah, yeah. yeah, what's her name? Her name's uh, Zora Wilson. Yeah, yeah, he yells at Zora. She's, she's on top of his car. Nicholas Cage rolls up and in, in some in his undies and a half open <laughs> robe, and he's like, "Get off my car! Like, what do you think you're doing? <laughs> Get off my car!" <laughs> <laughs> gone in 60 seconds. I'll be gone in 60 seconds. <laughs> yeah, awesome answers. I love those. And that brings us to question nine. Yes, hit us with it, Stace. What did you notice about this film that you don't think other people might have immediately noticed? Well, there goes my answer was that Mbaku took up the entire bed. <laughs> <laughs> No, one thing I did notice is like uh, one of the people that was working at the Carnival Fair right early on in 1986 or whatever is wearing a Black Flag t-shirt, which is a very specific band that was quite popular in the 80s. But then when they're down on the beach, one of the daughters of uh, Kitty and General Fuck-Up Douchebag was also wearing a Black Flag t-shirt. And I was like, that's weird. That's a very specific band to reference twice. Uh, the, the one thing I noticed is that the the song when they played, which was kind of like the probably the hit song from the soundtrack, yeah. I, got, I Got Five on it, was actually supposed to be written by an, another man called Michael Marshall and um, he's never been credited with the song so he's kind of like that guy that's been in the underground that no one knows about sort of like Red and that was kind of like the, the main song from the film and it kind of had some parallels to the movie Holy shit, that's legit. Try and top that one, Ginger Princess. When the family are driving to Santa Cruz Beach and they see the ambulance and the Jeremiah 1111 dude has been stabbed in the stomach and he's mm. being piled into the back of the ambulance, did you guys notice that that was the start of the attack of the tethers? Uh, oh, yeah, totally. Oh, you knew? Yeah, because he was the one standing on the beach. And the son was looking at him like, what the hell is he up to? Mm, yeah. yeah, absolutely. The other one that I noticed, but I think I might have to rewatch this to validate this comment. I think that Gabe was hopping on the wrong leg 
So the leg that he like got taken out, you know, and he was crawling along. He had his right leg on the bottom, like by the ground, and he was mm. pushing along with his left leg to propel him along the ground, right? So that would suggest to me that his left leg is fine because he's pushing on that. He's putting weight on it. Yet when he stands up, it's his left leg that is injured and he's got his weight on the right leg. Shit. The other thing I thought was weird was the the family, the the doppelgangers don't really try and kill them. Like they they sort oh, of. Oh no, they want that. to take their time, bro. Yeah, Remember they say that. Yeah. But why? I don't. Yeah, well, oh, I was. She's been looking forward to it. I think. Yeah, yeah, I've been thinking about this because all of the other doppelgangers, they just went in and straight away murdered. They yeah, didn't have yeah. conversations and shit like yeah, that. Yeah. But then I was wondering, why didn't the rest of the family? Just go ahead and murder their ones, and the mums just have the face off. Yeah, like the the sons, yeah. the sons didn't even look like they were fighting at all. No, they no. were playing. They were happy. They're like, "Yay, new friends!" <laughs> 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 Let's go hide in the closet and set things on fire. Awesome. <laughs> anyway, mean, just just a, like Spitfire, me being a massive fucking movie nerd. Uh, when back in 1986, they were walking along the blocks and they said, hey, there's a movie being filmed over there. This was the set of the 1980s movie Lost Boys. So it's almost like they're implying that Lost Boys was being filmed while they were doing this. Also, their son's named Jason and he spends most of the movie wearing a mask. Uh, yeah, much has clicked on. <laughs> I don't think I've seen that movie. Friday the 13th starring, no. you know, with Jason and he wears a mask and he goes around killing people and that sort of shit. I thought that was maybe a little bit of symbolism. Had crazy mum. He had a crazy mum, exactly. And then his doppelganger's Freddy. Got a burnt face, just like Freddy Krueger. Yeah. Holy shit, exactly. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> Thrown it down. I'm going to pretend like I... Yeah, see, there was lots in there. Lots in this movie. Yeah, it was right. Freddy versus Jason. Ah. Uh, skidoosh. <laughs> Except for it was actually Pluto versus Jason, according to the character name list. <laughs> 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 anyway, that moves us on to question number 10. It's an old favourite that we've brought back to the podcast. How long would you guys survive in this movie's world? Well, it seems like all of the people were killed pretty much much instantly by their tethers, except for the main family, the Wilson family, where they sat down, had a conversation, and then drew the whole thing out. Mm-hmm. So if you're not part of the Wilson family, you're, you're going to last like five minutes after the tethers come after you. Interesting. I reckon you'd fuck up your tether. You're a psychopath. Thanks. <laughs> but then if you Future did but if you era. did survive the first few minutes and actually could attack your tether, yeah, you could survive the whole thing, I reckon. If you sort of see it coming, like if your tether starts hanging out outside the front of your fucking house, gives yeah. you a bit of a warning as opposed to like kitty and douchebags tethers that just showed up and yeah. fucking straight to the bloody scissoring. <laughs> yeah, they didn't muck around at all. Scissoring. Is that another? It's another common motif for old scissoring. I was thinking that um, it's because they'd been drinking all day and all night, and they were drunk when their tethers turned up. Whereas, and they were like, "Oh, what's going on here?" Whereas the other guys were on edge all day, like they were sober, drinking water. Yeah, like, yeah. they were alert. That's a good point. I think me and Machu's answers is just reduced by a significant amount of time. Yeah, yeah. you guys would be in the drinking all day camp. I reckon I'd have no problem with my tether, eh? Because like I'm pretty lazy. I'm pretty lazy, and I reckon my tether be just as lazy. And I reckon he wouldn't even come find me. Eh? He'd just he'd be in the he'd be hands from the America from the start. He'd be the first guy up there. Like, have you have you, have you killed your um have you killed your tether, mate? Yeah, I've done it. <laughs> Fuck off, you lazy asshole. 
Manchu is notorious for being late to everything. So you get a phone call from like Kahu or something like, holy fuck, there are these people who've shown up and they look exactly like us and they're murdering us. And you'd be like, oh, fuck, 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 fuck. And you'd have like, what, three, four hours to prepare? <laughs> yeah, there's no way your tether would be first in line, Machu. <laughs> Everyone else is getting fucked up their front. Machu's like, pretty sure it's coming soon, Carol. <laughs> We've got time. My tether's late. Carol, your tether's even later. <laughs> you'd, see, you'd look out and you'd see you walk up the road, get about 50 metres, turn around. What are you doing, Carol? Then, <laughs> My doppelganger's having a big fight. No. <laughs> Shit. It's true. <laughs> They're exactly the same. <laughs> I'm about the same. I reckon I'd survive forever, man. I'm, I'm very lucky that I managed to talk my way and fumble my way out of like bizarre situations and still alive. I reckon if that's my doppelganger, I reckon you'd fumble his way into one of the most fucking hilarious deaths possible, eh? Your doppelganger would be more like Abraham in this movie. <laughs> like, yeah. Big dopey... <laughs> Yeah, he would. Like, because Abraham is exactly the example where he's like the most like unluckiest man. He gets a rope around his fucking ankle and gets yeah. fucked up and shit. Yeah, that's exactly me. Good point. Good point, mm-hmm. Sass. And then moves us on to our personal questions. Much of you, why don't you hit us with your three? Spoiler alert. We find out at the end of the film that the Adelaide was actually swapped when she was a young girl. Um, and so the Adelaide that we knew in the film was actually the evil doppelganger of the original Adelaide. So which one are you guys? Are you the evil twin? Or? Let's move on to the next question. Eh? <laughs> nah, no way. I'm the good twin. I don't even have an evil twin. <laughs> <laughs> no evil. That's, that's... <laughs> She's the evil one too. <laughs> She's swapped. There's a there's a there's a sweet Stacy somewhere. There's a sweet Stacy somewhere. <laughs> somewhere having Abraham Sam all over. <laughs> that sweet Stacy never showed up to my wedding, man. Got swapped on the car on the way out. I knew it. What about you, Sam? I'd like to think I'm the good one because I think if there's a more evil version of me out there, then holy shit. <laughs> He's Is probably it? being evicted out of the tunnels, bro. He's, He's like, bro, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> <laughs> Question number 12. The tethers all came up and they attacked everyone. They looked like they did pretty well. I think they got hands across America. So does that mean they killed every single person with some scissors? What the fuck? <laughs> Where were the guns? Surely America is a land of guns. Where were the guns? My answer to this is because this whole uprising was planned by a young girl. So Adelaide was very young when she went underground and she may not have really understood or known about guns at that time. So she was plotting and planning this whole thing and they don't have anything underground, right? They don't have props and stuff. Like, So we'll get to how they got the equipment later. <laughs> but uh, my thinking <laughs> is, is that she's like, right guys, mate, I don't know how they got those scissors, but you know, school kids, they, that's about the only th- weapon they have. They cut things up at school and coloured pencils or crayons I don't think is really going to cut it. <laughs> so... <laughs> So that's what's the question? Oh yeah, the guns. Where are the guns? <laughs> well, uh, where are they getting so, the crayons from now? I want to know where they get their crayons from. So, <laughs> no. So anyway, that's why I think, and I just think that the tethers just didn't know about guns. But, but there's, but, but if you're up um, on the overground. <laughs> 
instead of the underground, <laughs> wouldn't you have a gun? Wouldn't you shoot them? There was no one had guns. Yeah, that's what I felt like. Where's the military and all that sort of shit? Like I liked that about the movie. I like. I think that was a choice that was made. This is they didn't want to bring politics and military and all that other shit into it. It was a human story. It was about on the ground people. What's actually going on? The only kind of reference to any of that we got was they tried to call the police and then the police never turned up and then everyone went right. Fuck it. We have to look after ourselves. So it was funny. Like you have actually stolen my my oh. non-existent answer. Well done, Stacey. <laughs> I gave you an answer then. I yes. I said it. And Whatever you're Stacey did. What's next? <laughs> He, he wanted to make a movie about guns, and like yeah. it's yeah, it's, it's good symbolism and all that sort of shit. Yeah, and the world is still a scary place without guns. So that just gives <laughs> the gun nuts some more ammo, does it? Yeah, yeah. Excuse the a pun. good guy with a gun would have stopped that in about <laughs> fucking five minutes. Uh, it's not the guns; it'll be the scissors next. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And scissoring. <laughs> we'll never ban scissoring. <laughs> Compulsory scissoring. <laughs> right. So question number thirteen. So Red spends twenty years coming up. With a plan, and her plan is hands across America. That is the dumbest shit I've ever seen. So, what is the dumbest plan you've ever seen in a horror movie? I don't think Hands Across America is the dumbest thing that, that could have come up with because you've got to remember it's the only like, a recent thing that Adelaide remembers from being above ground before she went under. She's like, I wonder if this is still a thing. Maybe this is a, a thing. You know, she's a young kid. It was a big thing around that time. Don't know. So I don't think it was dumb from that perspective, but it was unclear as to what they were trying to achieve. What was the original intent? It was to raise funds for... Uh, was it homeless Poor, people yeah, and people who people didn't have yeah. anything to eat? See, this would have been cooler as if they did hands across America and then they just started marching forward and were just wiping out people up and down the country, you know what I mean? Like, just moving up and down. But the, the dumbest for me is the ending of the original Scream, right? What happened? You have to remind me. Yeah. So, <laughs> in the original Scream, we find out at the end that it's not one person that's been going around killing everyone and framing it to make it look like Sydney's dad or whatever. There's actually two of them. And they've got Sydney dead to rights, and she's the one that they want to kill and all that sort of shit. But, to make it look like they're not the killers, they decide to stab each other first. <laughs> they don't even kill her first. They stab each other first... And give her the chance to fucking take them out, which she does. It's like, what the fuck is your fucking problem, man? <laughs> You've managed to convert, like, managed to kill all these people. You've got the greatest plan, but hey, now let's fuck each other up. Oh, I'm not so really too good, man. That is some sharks with freaking laser beams type of stupid <laughs> ass. <laughs> fucking is. With horror movies, horror is not a genre I generally like because. I do find it kind of dumb. And it's yeah. it's usually the little, I guess, tropes like a female at home alone at night hears a noise and then goes outside to see what it is or they're in the yeah, shower and they hear someone coming towards them and so they just go, you know, all those weird things. In all the horror movies and it's all dumb. And Those are yeah. good plans. Oh, those are legit plans. <laughs> those are... Those are Stop telling us your fantasy. Home invasions, getting yeah. people into the, getting people to run into the forest. It's yeah. a good plan. Standing out in the open with your arms up wide, holding hands with other randoms. Yeah, not a good plan. It's not a good plan. Because we saw the helicopters flying around and shit. Like, I was just waiting for like a Gatling gun to come yeah. out of the side and <laughs> just gone. See ya. Okay, Sam, let's start to your three questions now. Thank you, Macho. The first of my questions. Once upon a time. 
we have to wonder where the hell did these characters get their overalls and scissors from? Please answer the question. <laughs> this is getting a little bit bloody old um, John Macaroni from Green Book or whatever his name was. John, John Macaroni. Macaroni. <laughs> <laughs> Yankee Doodle came to town riding on a pony. Macaroni. <laughs> <laughs> Starting John Malkovich and Tony Cannoli or whatever. John yeah. Macaroni. Yeah. <laughs> Tony Cannoli, yeah. Tony Cannoli. Cannoli. <laughs> AKA, very hey, fucking annoying. You want me to go back into the voice, yeah? I want you to drop the accent completely. You think this is an accent? <laughs> I know that Machu's isn't, yeah. but yours is. This is me with 14 mouth horses I've been really meaning to see the doctor about. This is Sam after a. <laughs> A bag of popcorn. <laughs> a whole bag. In a day, not a week like he pretended. It's coming up out of my stomach and into my esophagus. Oh, I wish I never bought that up. Right. Well, I don't know where they got them from because they had nothing underground, right? It looked like they were just all, like they just had nothing. They had no props. They just literally were in tiled subway spaces. It's inexplicable. You don't think every time they make a pair of scissors and overalls in the real world, then there's a tethered version that gets made? In the- <laughs> I, I reckon, yeah, I, I honest, that's what I reckon it is. Are well, you, you're a you moron. Ever, have you ever seen... <laughs> you only ever see blue overalls. You only make one mm. cover of overalls, it's blue. Yeah. But we all know Labour, you know, you all know West Side and, and East Side. <laughs> Um, you know the, the Republicans and the you know Democrats, Democrats yeah. red yeah. and blue. The yeah. red and blue is always there's the yes. Yeah, so there's if there's a blue, there's got to be a red. Oh. And if there's a whole world full of blue overalls, there's a whole world full of red overalls under the ground. That's that's right. <laughs> so that's that's my answer there coming to the around the overalls, but um the, the scissors. <laughs> And the scissors were gold, like they were very specific. I've never seen gold scissors before. Well, it's obviously they're trying to get the weapons, eh? And, and she's mm. she was a twelve year old girl, and the, the yeah. only weapon she remembers is scissors. Yeah. Too many like, young like, kids running with scissors. Like they've the been gas, confiscated by the teachers. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the, yeah. <laughs> no, but those are orange. I'm handles. these scissors. <laughs> those are orange handle scissors. So that's a, you know True. where it comes from. It comes from the airports. Every time someone tries to take some, yeah, 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 some yeah, scissors yeah. through the airport, they chuck the scissors. Down down That's subway. the one, man. They're confiscating it. They're throwing it down under. Rod, the TSA agent from yeah. Get Out, is clicking all these scissors, and that ties it in. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about. Sex cult. And the rabbit ears what? looks like scissors. Yes. yes. <laughs> scissors. Okay, this question has had way too much airtime. And we move on to another question that uh, could be applied to any movie that I'm sort of road testing. Which character from this film do you reckon would ding your car and then drive off without giving you their insurance details? Josh Tyler, that asshole. The dad yeah. of <laughs> friend. He's a douchebag. Fuck, yeah. he's a douche. He'll definitely do that. Well, I think Zora Wilson, the, the young girl, when she gets a chance to drive her family in the car because she's got the <laughs> highest kill count or whatever. Uh, Get in the back. Yeah, I think at that point, nobody's stopping to swap insurance details in that scenario. Yeah. And finally, Jordan Peele is notorious for this. There was many examples in Get Out and they're all pretty damn awesome and there was a lot in this as well that I picked up on. But I'm asking you guys, what do you think was the best piece of symbolism in this film? There's a lot of scissoring going on in this film, more than the normal films that I watch, which is... 
which is odd. <laughs> but the, the symbolism, I guess, that was the, the weapon of choice to cut away from the tether. So they were cutting the tether with scissors, I suppose. Like she even cuts out the, you know, the figures into the paper and sort of shit and then splits them apart and then there's a symbolism of cutting away, cutting away, cutting away and getting down to one. That's a good answer. What do you, what do you got, Stace? I liked the one love. There was a double reference here, I think. One could have been the MJ, Michael Jackson uh, reference, based on the Thriller t-shirt she wore at the start of the movie. And then the second part of that is the missing half. There was only one love, so there was a one soul with two bodies. Oh, like that, Stace. And then moves us on to Stacey's questions. Oh, thank God for that. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Question 17. The star of the movie, Adelaide gets swapped for red. And the parents noticed there was something a little bit different. But they just were thought it was trauma. Would you notice if one of your kids was swapped? We actually went to a parent-teacher interview one night and they said that my son was um, had a lot of empathy and I, I didn't even know what empathy meant. So I said, what's empathy? And they Do I said need to get to a cream me, for this or something? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And they said, oh, you know, like when other kids cry, he'll cry and when kids take his toy, he'll just let them and move on. And I was thinking, you know, I was actually quite disappointed in my son. <laughs> But today we're at the park. Some kid went to use the slide and my kid pushed him over and I was proud. <laughs> <laughs> so like my, my son's been a kind of a gentle boy. You know, if he had been swapped to evil Tipini, I probably wouldn't notice at all, to be honest. <laughs> He'd be <laughs> proud. <laughs> he's, he, probably, he now stands in the daycare, gets the best toy and guards it for the rest of the time he's there. <laughs> So, well, yeah. it's cracker, I actually swapped your son for a cabbage patch doll about a month ago and you still haven't noticed. <laughs> <laughs> Little Chucky. Little Chucky is what we call him now. I like to think I would. I think I'm quite observant. I think in perceptive, I reckon I'd probably spot if my small, potentially ginger child is now a different colour or something. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Oh, if she's acting a little bit different, I reckon I'd probably uh, notice. I think the easy way for me was like, you know, if we went for a drive past KFC and she didn't respond, she didn't start sniffing and barking like a dog, then I reckon, uh, yeah, something's, something's up. If you put a bag of popcorn in front of her and she didn't take a single bite. <laughs> she didn't chew her way to the other end. Yeah, I reckon she's, uh, something's going on. And question 18. So what's one purchase you guys would make that you know would annoy your wife? Just like old Gabe and his boat that didn't really go that well. I've made not one, but three of these. But they're still an investment, babe. Okay. One thing I've always wanted to own is a comic, a Marvel comic, signed by Stan Lee. So I started following uh, eBay for like fucking six months. Started following Trade Me, to, which is New Zealand's version of eBay, for like six months. See how much they're selling for and all that sort of shit. And eventually didn't sort of ended up buying not one, not two, but three signed comics by Stan Lee, which we now have sitting in the house under the premise that I'm going to sell to. And if anyone listening would like to buy a comic signed by Stan Lee, please get in contact with me. <laughs> Because holy shit, no one's buying them. <laughs> Fuck you guys. Yeah, I also have made a purchase that my wife hates. And it's actually interesting because the, the actual... It's a prostitute, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, um, it's... Uh, uh, they have this in the film as well. It's Ophelia. Or is it? Is it oh, the name yeah. of the the Alexa? Kind of Alexa, yeah. Yeah, I bought a Sonus, which has the Alexa in it, and I, I yeah. thought it would be the coolest thing for us. And, and Carol just hates it. Why? Because um, oh, she doesn't. She thinks that everyone's listening, and she thinks that, that uh, oh. she thinks that Alexa is listening to all our conversations, recording it, and, and telling someone our stories, like <laughs> yeah. the Russians. Yeah, yeah, you've yeah. got to you've got to ask Carol like who do you think would actually want to listen to us? <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> you, I'll have to get her to take off her tinfoil hat first before we <laughs> answer that question. And- 
And question 19, how did the tethers know how to find their people? I, I don't know. I've got to link it back to like how would my one find me. So I reckon they'd come up into the daylight, smell the smell of fried chicken that KFC emanates through about 47 <laughs> kilometres in the either direction, be like, yeah, pretty sure he's there. They follow the sacks of popcorn out. <laughs> <laughs> It's, you know, when, like, two souls are in love and they're drawn to each other. I don't know about any of that. So, but <laughs> but it'd, be, it'd be something like that. It'd be like a cosmic connection where you feel drawn to a direction. You'd feel it's like a homing beacon. It's like the, something like the, that. But they're particular designed to the tethers, right? Like, they're designed to be puppet masters for um, the, uh, the overground people. Mm, mm, mm. So, But in the end, it, it looked as though they were puppet masters for the underground people where they, they were walking <laughs> into walls and all that sort of stuff. So I think there's some sort of connection there. I, I get the feeling they just walk around and they're just up above each other the whole time. But yeah. clearly then the tethers have their own mind. Like they've got a brain to go, I know that I'm just following this person around. I don't like it, but I, there's nothing I can do about it. Mm. But then how do they flip that switch and all of a sudden go, well, actually, I'm just going to go up there and find them and walk around. And kill them. Yeah, and kill them. Well, I, I think she taught them how to be... How to be untethered. How to be untethered, Tethered yeah. still she, by soul, was, but not by brain. She showed them by dance how to be untethered. Oh, yeah, that's part of the movie. I just didn't understand. Yeah, no. no. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There was a, there was, that's when the massive gaping holes in the yeah. plot came in Act 3. That, like, that's when my second deep philosophical debate kicked in where I was like, if I'm batting off, then is there someone under... Yeah. <laughs> so they're bad enough as well. You, why does he keep doing this? This is like the tenth time today. <laughs> keep your fucking hand off it, man. Jesus. Don't you know, one of they want to kill us all. We've sold this movie. We're just abusing them physically, and they're like, "Get me the fuck out of here! We're coming up to kill all of you guys." Okay, before we get to the last question, yes, I I don't know. Maybe I could save this for last thoughts, but it's now probably a good time as to just apologise to the makers of this movie because it's a really good movie with really fascinating, interesting themes, none of which we've touched on whatsoever in this conversation. Sam has been talking about touching something, though. <laughs> just just well, literally seconds ago. When I think about me, I touch myself. <laughs> So, Anywho. So, yeah, if you want a thoughtful, well-thought-out review and kind of companion to this movie, go somewhere else. I think we gave this movie the review it deserved. <laughs> <laughs> I've got some recommendations. I just listened to the We Watch The Thing podcast on it, and it was great. They did a yes. real good go listen to those proper guys. analysis of <laughs> yeah. it. It was quite comical, but, yeah, still quite good. Yeah, yes. I really like these. And speaking about awesome podcasts that I listen to, it takes us down to our final question, which is a Patreon question, which is an awesome podcast I listen to called The Contrarian podcast and their question is what is the most controversial opinion that we hold about this film i guess my most controversial opinion is about one of the very very minor characters yaya i'm gonna butcher his pronunciation for this Fair name enough. Again. Yep. but uh yaya abdul mateen the second who also plays black mantis in aquaman and he's also cadillac on the get down i think he's stole every scene that he was in in this film and i think he's going to be 2019's one of the newest and best stars in hollywood yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I completely wrote him off after Aquaman. <laughs> <laughs> but didn't you write off everyone who had anything to do with that movie? Yeah, in- including <laughs> Nicole Kidnam, as Stacey calls her. <laughs> Good on Nicole Kidnam. I don't think she's got much of a chance in Hollywood. I don't reckon she's uh, probably going to do very much. So here's my controversial opinion is the casting was excellent. I don't think you could have swapped anyone and made this movie any better. Holy shit. 
my controversial opinion is Jordan Peele needs to move on from horror films. I think we've seen the best out of him. I really feel like Get Out was sensational. This was, yeah, pretty good. I, re- I think we've seen the best. People are heralding him as the next big thing in horror. He, you know, don't stay in your lane. Just branch out, expand. Yeah, I think, he's, I think he will expand. I think he's that kind of guy. He's just got, he- obviously, heaps of interesting ideas and angles on things. So he will over time. What I'm worried is he becomes the next M. Night Shyamalan. Like, M. Night Shyamalan, after doing um, Unbreakable and Sixth Sense and The Village and all that sort of shit, it was like, every single movie needs to have a Shyamalan tour. You know, so it's like that's all they're expecting. You don't want to paint yourself into a corner or write yourself into a corner, basically. And that's it. That's the end of our podcast. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Special thanks to our Patreons, Phil Joynson, Emily Higgins, Dave Baker, and, of course, Julio of the Contrarians. You guys are fucking legends. And thanks to these two for coming along on this podcast. Cheers, guys. Cheers, Sam. Thanks for having us. And also, thanks for everyone listening. No worries. Thanks. And hopefully next time I'll, my voice will be a little bit better. <laughs> it's okay. It's, it's okay. done really well. I am the tether of Machu. <laughs> Thank you, everyone. If you liked our podcast, you can find us on Twitter at Movie Reviews and you can find us on our email, MRITQS at gmail.com and you can find us on Facebook at Movie Reviews and 20Qs. Upcoming episodes, I don't know. I can't fucking talk like this for much longer. Thank you. Good night. The twins, the young teenage twin girls. Yeah, yeah. So that's your answer. No, I'm just we're just bantering. Oh. <laughs> For fuck's sake! Right, let's move on. Oh, you did the YouTube video. Oh, yeah, sorry. Yeah, I've, I've had, I've had yeah, my answer. One for the offcuts. Oh shit! Pretty sure my underground life is probably doing a bit better than me at the moment. He's probably not eating popcorn out of rubbish bags. Eh? One of the questions that we used to ask on quite a few popcorn, quite a few popcorn off. Oh, <laughs> God damn it! Fuck, I want a bag of popcorn right now. Give me a sack full of popcorn. I demand it or I will refuse to take this popcorn stage. Podcast stage. Fuck. One glove. glove. What happened to the yellow? One glove. Let's get together and find the other glove. (laughs) 